Hello, Gladiators. Welcome to Car on Par, a podcast dedicated to covering Clark Central Athletics. Today, I'm talking to head CCHS varsity baseball coach and math department teacher Adam Osborne on the upcoming baseball season. Welcome back to episode two of my new sports podcast, Car on Par. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Coach Adam Osborne. Welcome to Car on Par, Coach. What's up? Thanks so much for coming in today. Uh, no problem. Belly full of popcorn and ready to chat. <laughs> All right. Ready to jump right in here. All right. When I was growing up, my dad was a huge baseball guy. He wanted me to play baseball, so I went up going to Athens Little League and playing through machine pitch and that stuff. And it was a really good experience for me. I still love baseball to this day, even though I don't play it anymore. But where was kind of your love for baseball kind of start? Uh, real early on, because my brother's three years older than me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't remember. I, I never remember. I guess I don't remember not going to the park. I don't know if that's right. But I always remember going to the park. As my conscious memory, from the first time my conscious memory, I always remember being around baseball because he's older than me. So... Yeah, from early on watching my brother's games when I was a little guy. What was like your brother? How was he an influence on you, kind of? Uh, being the little brother, I think uh, I wouldn't change a thing because I was always trying to catch up with him. He he had a lot of yeah. uh, God-given ability, you know. Just uh, he he was a lot more athletic than me. I was a uh, he he was he was uh, more fit, skinny. I was a short, dumpy, you know, fat kid. <laughs> I was slow, clumsy, and uh, and then now you get the Adonis physique that you see today yeah <laughs> but, but yeah he he influenced my brother and and his friend group really influenced me a lot and being the younger brother mm-hmm. that that i credit that to a lot of things in my life especially baseball because it was always trying to keep up uh there um and even like when we got to be a little bit older, he was like, I think he was like 15 or 16 at this summer in the summer ball league, and they didn't have enough to play. So mm-hmm. I, you know, 12, 13 years old, jumping right in, jump right in, and facing kids that are 16 years old, that was a that was a big deal. So where, like, as you progressed through high school, how did that, like, how did your love kind of grow for baseball? Like, did it just uh, get stronger, or did it kind of yeah, like yeah, fade? it got it got stronger. Um, I kind of got burnt out at the end, mm-hmm. which really influenced my coaching. Yeah. And, um, uh, but I, I mean, I loved it. I love being at the field. I love being around the guys. Um, I love, I loved everything about it. I love practice, you know, the, just the camaraderie, the whole, how, you know, baseball is one of the ultimate team sports because it doesn't matter how good you are, how good one individual it is. Yeah. That guy's only going to get three or four bats a game, most likely. And you have to, that guy's going to have to rely on his teammates to do, to do yeah. anything. He can't pitch and catch. You know, that's the old Bugs Bunny cartoon where he's running around doing everything. That's not real, you know. So uh, that's really my love for the uh my real love for the game is right is, is right there in, in, the, in the team aspect. Okay, uh, so one of the games I watched last year was at the ACAD game mm-hmm. uh, when y'all got y'all kept it up 
there in the beginning in the first couple of innings and then it kind of it got kind of pulled away and some of the guys I was noticing like Rio Quinn McMahon and Isaac Ward some of those kind of like returning players even younger guys like Jackson Forster who was a freshman at the time those guys really impressed me and so what are your kind of take on who's going to stand out to you this season uh, well, Jackson coming back, uh, second-year starter as a sophomore now behind the plate. Everything's going to yeah. go through him, so he's going to be a he's going to play a crucial role. Hopefully, he can step up. Um, he did a good job last year. He had a lot of room for improvement, yeah. so hopefully, he can improve on that. Um, throwing guys out, just overall receiving. Rio, obviously, uh, Quinn. Yeah. Quinn was our number one last year, so you know, as a freshman. So we're expecting yeah. big things from him. It's 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 got to it pretty much starts with him, you know, because um, he's going to be our number one. If we got to win a game, he's starting. Yeah. You know, if we're looking if we're looking a week week and a half out, and we know we got to have this game, we're going to change everything we do that week because he's going to start. But he knows he's the dude. You know, um, okay. Isaac Ward's a returning player. He's I sing his praise all the time. You know, yeah. he's just a good he's a good all around athlete, and he's a, he's a good leader on the field. Um, some other returning guys uh, put me on the spot. One guy, one guy that's coming back that that wasn't on varsity last year that that could have been, but was 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 not on varsity for yeah. uh, for various reasons was Will Robinson. Okay, um, he's a junior this year, good athlete, scrappy. Um, we're looking forward to a lot of good things from him. Sean Leahy, okay, I don't okay. think Sean was playing in that game. He wasn't with us. I don't think in that game. I know yet. yet. I think he was. Yeah, might might have been. It might have been some of his first games, but yeah, yeah, he's a dude in the outfield too. He's gonna be all right. Uh, Where do you kind of see this team going this year? Like, where? Like, do you want to make it back to the playoffs again, or do you have like more better aspirations for it? Yeah. So last year we made the playoffs, um, and this year that's that's the minimum. So goal Mm -hmm. last year was to make the playoffs. This year you step step it up. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make the playoffs. We'd like to make us a three seed this year, um, okay. which is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, our region's pretty tough. We got Loganville, Buford, Walnut Grove, those guys, and um, so you got to beat you got to beat one of those guys. Okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. not a, that's not a not an easy task. No, those are big time programs right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Loganville, I think they've won three in a row. <laughs> you know, so it's like um, which I was talking to one of my assistant coaches. It's, it's so impressive what Coach Seegers has done over there. He's and he's a good guy too. Like, yeah. It seems like they're doing it the right way. And he's a, he's a real good dude. That coaching staff over there is real nice, um, real good guys. But when's the last time a in uh, you know a non-private school or non-city school has won back to back to back state championships in baseball? That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a huge deal. So going back to kind of your playing days, do you think like in your prime, do you think that anybody on this team could like out hit you in like a home run derby oh, style? Oh yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, probably a handful of them. I will, you know, if if I was a if I was a superstar, I would have been playing in college. <laughs> I, that was the reason I decided to go to work, you know, yeah. and and go into college and. You know, one one of I one I was burnt out, but two I didn't have a whole lot of opportunities either. Okay. You know? Uh, when basketball or like football, like even in like golf, you kind of get into these like losing stretches, or you know, kind of like bad like vibes around the team, or you have a couple losses in a row. Like, so how do you get your team as a coach kind of out of that funk? Uh. 
Well, you know, anybody, any, any idiot, you know, yeah. and anybody then, because I don't want to paint anybody as an idiot, but <laughs> anybody can tell you after you've done something, doesn't matter if it's baseball, golf, you know, academics, whatever, mm-hmm. after after you do something wrong, you know, if I, if I spill a glass of milk, anybody can tell you, hey, man, don't spill that glass of milk. That's... <laughs> That's fantastic coaching, and a lot of times that's what we—that's what you see in coaching, especially, especially you know. I see it. I, I'm on the baseball field all the time, so I see it a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, they make a throw. Hey, you can't make that throw right there. Well, obviously, you know, the kid knows he can't make that throw or can't do that in yeah. that situation. Everybody in the stands knows that. But to me, coaching comes in. Actual coaching comes in when you when when the coach when a coach or coach is examine what is going wrong you know yeah. examine whatever negative outcome sometimes it's what's going right and try to get better but let's just talk about something negative if it's going wrong the kid knows what's going wrong you don't yeah. have to explain that to the kid why don't we back up and see how we got here and and maybe we can find something either in mechanics or in preparation yeah. you know something along those lines to where we can the coach's job is to, to, to pinpoint that and then articulate it back to the participant the player or whatever mm-hmm. and then we're going to practice we're, and then come up with a practice plan to to really hone in on on that piece okay. you know so like you know if a kid if a kid's sailing his throat so he's throwing the ball over well hey throw the ball lower you know great job yeah. coach you know that, that's a that's, that's really helped me out no what happened was is you know you filled the ball low and then you stood up you threw your chest up and then you threw the ball high yeah. if we stay low and we go through our throw right there we're not going to do it okay. and then you drill that and you come up with a drill and you drill that to try to get the kid better so like kind of sticking with kind of parts of the game the Astros they kind of got busted for sign stealing I feel a lot of people have differing different like differing opinions on the issue what is kind of your opinion on stealing signs in baseball um we're trying to do it i mean i yeah. I, I don't know why you're, if if somebody's going to put information out there for you know god and everybody to see yeah i'm gonna try to get it the, the goal is to win the game we're not mm-hmm. out here to make friends and you're, you're not we're not out here to i mean you there's a level of sportsmanship you want to maintain because you got a, a, a you got character but stealing signs is an inherent part of the game yeah because um, my dad was kind of saying when he played back in the day he was like he would be playing first base and he'd see the third base coach picking up signs and after like the first inning he's like oh I know what they're gonna do yeah well, why, why are we why are we why are you disguising your signs if you're not supposed to if the other team's not supposed to steal signs mm-hmm. you know if the other team's not supposed to steal signs then why don't we have it built into the game where we stop turn around or look at the ground and the other team covers their eyes <laughs> and then I can give direct signs to whoever I want to, you know um why? Why uh, in football? Why do you disguise your audibles? So people can steal. So people, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not that's that's inherent in the game. I, I don't speaking to that particular thing. Yeah. We talked about before the before the podcast. I told y'all get your tinfoil hat on because I got a theory okay, right. about this whole the whole Astros things. And if you're not, you know, people who ever listen, if you're not hip on it, what happened is the Astros. And you correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know more about it than I do. Mm-hmm. But the the Astros uh, in the twenty from 2017, at least from 2017 on, yeah. had a guy in the stands or had somebody had a scout a spy quote unquote in the stands, and they mm-hmm. were 
catching the signs, you know, stealing signs and then relaying them to the hitter in some way. And then they were using some kind of mechanical advantage to let the hitter know what was coming. Yeah. Correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So here's my... First of all, if you don't, if if you know that somebody's stealing your signs, which it's not hard to find, you, you know, you got a professional pitcher. His job is to get dudes out. Even yeah. if he's not doing that consistently, like you think he is, you, you're going to be able to figure out somebody knows what's coming. Um, one of my neighbors, we were talking about this last weekend during the McGregor fight. He said, yeah. he said, uh, he think that uh, that one slider that uh, Chapman threw to um, Altuve. Yeah. Uh, in the World Series where Altuve hit the home run, he, he said he knew, he, he's convinced Altuve knew what was coming, which there's argument for that given given everything that's out right now. Yeah. My issue on the whole thing, here's my conspiracy theory. Ready? All right. 2017, mm-hmm. uh, three years ago, going on three years ago now, right? Uh, during that season, and baseball, just like in any other sport, professional sport, you can make in-season trades, right? Mm-hmm. And well, back up just one second. If if let, let's assume there that we can go ahead and assume with confidence that there is some kind of sign stealing system going on yes. on the Astros. How many people knew about it on the Astros? Let's throw out a number nine. Yeah, probably at uh, least nine or ten. There's nine people in the there's nine people in the lineup, right? Yeah. So I, let's say at least nine people. There's in-season trades. There's off-season trades. There's people are moving around. You don't stay yeah. with the Astros. It's not like high school where most people stay with the same high school for four years. Yeah. You know. Um, but you you and y'all are y'all are young. Y'all are 16, 17 years old. And yeah. y- even y'all know this. What I'm about to say. How many times have you known nine people to be able to keep a secret? Not, not okay. good. Now we're talking when in the, in in season trades and stuff. This guy, uh, let's say let's say Joe, yeah. get, who is on the Astros, gets traded to another team. Who's now yeah. who's now paying his salary? You don't think Joe's going to tell everybody else on let's say the Braves that he know that about this sign stealing yeah. thing? So over the course of that many years, word got out. Yeah, people knew. Here's where the conspiracy comes in. I think it's rampant. I think with technology the way it is today, yeah. I think it's rampant throughout the game. And Major League Baseball had to put the uh, they had to put the, the brakes on the whole thing. Yeah, the Astros had had enough success in 2017 and 2019 winning the World Series. Yeah. Right? Not well, right. they didn't win 2019. They but they got there. Yeah, they got there. Yeah. That. All right, y'all have had enough success. There's a there's a level of, there's there's amount of chaos that's about to happen. Yeah. And in chaos theory, um, one of the things you talk about is stability. If something that has stability can withstand mm-hmm. more chaos than something that doesn't, and you could argue that the Astros probably had the most stability of any major league team. Yeah. Major league baseball. I'm not saying this happened. This is my theory. Major league baseball comes to the Astros and says, says you're going to take the fall for this. We're not going to strip you of your title. I said this last week. I'm on the record. Ask my neighbors during the McGregor fight. Yeah. Said it last week. The Astros will not get stripped of their title. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to strip you of your title. Major League Baseball tells them we're not going to strip you of your title, but you're going to take the fall for this. We're going to fine you. We're going to fight. You'll have to fire a few guys, and then after a little while, you know, we got the Super. We'll have the Super Bowl coming up. Things will die down, right? Yeah. You know. And then the season will start, and, no, and you'll have enough penalty, but you will not get stripped of your title. What came out two days ago? 
Major League Baseball will not strip the Houston Astros of their title. Yeah. It was published the other day. So, there it is. And, like, I going back to what you said about the, like, players getting traded and knowing, like, Trevor Bauer just went on part of my take the other day at, for the Barstool podcast, and he was saying, yeah, yeah, I knew they were stealing my signs. Like, yeah, people he, like, they, he was like, yeah, I know. I knew, like, when they started doing it. He, like, they ju- they're just now coming out and being like, yeah, I knew it. And, like, teams, they were just all keeping it, like, in the secret. Like, do you think that's just so everybody can do it? Or, like, is it just something different? I, I don't know. I mean, there's probably some – Somebody a lot more well-read than me could yeah. probably think of some kind of, uh, I don't know, old adage or something that, that talks about if everybody else is guilty, yeah. then that there's, there's some kind of vow of silence that's assumed or something like that. That might be it, but I, I have no idea. Um, but I, there's no way... You can't, there's no way that other people yeah. in Major League Baseball didn't know this was going on. <laughs> exactly. So, like, the whistleblower, you know, first of all, I don't agree with that but i don't know the guy i don't know the situation so hmm. um but second of all i mean for, i don't i don't understand why you would do that why you would why you would blow the whistle on it but for it to be so there's there to be such outrage yeah i think it's just from people who aren't around the game a whole lot you know um i don't i don't see where it's so outrageous i can tell you right now that you know, we're trying to steal signs, and I'm 100% expecting any team that we're playing against yeah. to be stealing our signs. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a – we don't have that complex of a system of signs, but we, you know, we wouldn't mask it. You yeah. know, I mean, uh, even guys now are moving to call sheets. So, you know, you got your – you know how quarterbacks have their, their, wrist, their wrist thing? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got them now, and that's yeah. how we call in our defensive plays. Okay. Well – that's super easy to change from game to game. You play you play a team in a two game series. All you gotta do is print a new you know let the computer randomly generate new numbers. They you you hold the the calls to be the same, but the numbers change. Yeah. Reprint the call sheet. Reprint the armbands. Boom. You got a fresh new set of signs that changes at least every inning. Yeah. You know I'm not telling I'm not this isn't a hot take. Everybody. This isn't breaking news. Everybody yeah. knows this. You got guys standing on third now. I can't remember what guy it was from. It was a good program. I can't remember um, what school it was, but he's standing over there calling out numbers almost every pitch. Four, five, three. The guy checks it, boom, and the yeah. the um, pace of play is maintained arguably better than than with uh, traditional signs, okay. you know, touch signs or whatever. So, um, yeah, uh, sign stealing's part of the game. It's happening. We're trying to do yeah. it. Other teams are trying to do it. It's, I think the, the the moral qualms that come with it are come are coming from people yeah. who are far removed from the game, either okay. never played or just don't know anything about it. But what do I know? Okay, I want to move into a new section, uh, kind of like a new program of Car on Par. We're gonna like a mic'd up section. <laughs> and the other so the other day we were with Coach Osborne and he got mic'd up with. At practice, and so we got a couple clips here that we're gonna play. First and, of all, this was embarrassing because I didn't realize I sounded so, like such a hit. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why all these kids are making fun of me all the time. All right, go ahead and play the first one. Yeah. Hey, that looked cute. So we need to be careful. They didn't hear that. Maybe if you had one more, maybe if you had one more scrunchie on your book bag, you'd catch that one. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was uh, Forrester, Jackson Forrester. <laughs> he was out playing third base, and Jackson's really pretty. 
and uh, <laughs> he knows that he, he makes no bones about that he tries to he tries to be really pretty and he has scrunchies on his book bag and we try to mm-hmm. he went to make a play at third right there and um it was not it was not a successful play yeah so i took the opportunity to remind him that he wears scrunchies on the back of his book bag okay 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 not a probably not the most uh, ideal coaching technique but okay it happens all right, let's play, let's play the next one if you got it up here, Al. Hey, go Mike. Hey, go Mike. Hey, uh, Sussman or Dement. I can't remember which one it was. Just had one up the middle. Tried to field it between your legs. If you field it outside your body on the forehand, that's not hot dogging, okay? You're going to put yourself in a better position to throw if we're right here and we can spin, we can rotate our hips and get there. You're not hot dogging. I know you were, what you're trying to do. You're trying to do it fundamentally correct. Is that how I normally sound on a day-to-day basis? So basically, yeah. Like I'll be sitting in class, I'll be like, "Yep, this coach Osborne right there." Mm. <laughs> so, so what was that about? Like, I guess I know Will Dement personally. I know he just transferred here, and then I believe Sussman's in eighth grade. Yeah, right now? Sussman. Yeah. yeah. Um, Will Dement's getting after it. Mm-hmm. Good looking, good looking ball player. And Sussman's a good athlete. He played football too. I think Dement played football too. Yeah, Dement did play yeah. for JV. Yeah. Um, uh, they were both playing shortstop, taking balls, and at that segment of practice, we were, we had range balls, uh, no. which means so we start out we start out uh, on the grass working if we're we, you know I call it dead red, but um, if we're everybody's in and okay. plays come to play, we work that and then we work back to standard position with a standard runner um, to try to get the players thinking about um, you know visualizing if I had a runner. And, and thinking like if I had a runner, I'm at standard position, and this is a standard average, you know, speed runner. Okay. Um, I make this play. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do a pat, and then I'm gonna go, or I'm gonna pat, pat, and then I'm gonna go. Or if I bobble, if I bobble this ball, and this is all in practice. If yeah. I bobble this ball, you know, do I rush and go, or if I bobble, bobble, I just need to put it in my pocket. Okay. You know, you, you know, just get the mind working too, so we're not just going through the motions. And then this was towards the end. Towards the end, we like to do range. You yeah. know, how can you expect to, to catch a ball diving if you've never practiced diving while catching a ball? Makes so, sense. Working on that, this ball was up the middle, and they were ranging. And he 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 tried to field it between his legs, which was fine. But I just wanted to let him know, especially a young guy like that. And Dement's new to our program, so he yeah. doesn't know the coaches. He doesn't know us that uh, that well. And, and Sussman's new to the, he's a young guy. He's new to the program as well. He's he's trying to do things correct. Yeah. Sometimes you have to field the ball. You know, you're taught from a young age field the ball between your legs because don't field it outside your body because that's you know you're showing yeah. off. I said hot dogging right there, but you're showing off. You know, yeah. and if if it's a standard ball, yeah, you might be, but like if you have to practice fielding the ball outside of your body because there's yeah. going to be balls that you can't get in front of. And on that particular play, you know, it I, I remember it now. It looked like if if he would have fielded the ball outside of his body it would have created a a, a easier path for him to then switch because like his body so we don't have visual here but like the path that he was taking was going from shortstop kind of along the third uh second the path from second to third heading towards right field he has to make a throw arguably 90 degrees the other way if he's right by second he has to turn his body in order to make a throw if you're if you're in between your legs right there 
you're, you're kind of closed off it's hard to make that but if, yeah. if you feel it outside your body maybe you could swivel your hips while you while you're catching the ball and then make be on the line to make that throw basically the whole intent right there was to tell those two guys in particular yeah that it's okay to practice that okay you know let's let's roll the next one if you got it up here alex oh yeah oh yeah oh. what happened what happened no, get out! No, no, we don't reward. We don't reward that. You went half ass right there. You were like, I'm gonna dive. No, I'm not. So, so was that kind of like the same drill that y'all were doing, or was that different? Uh, that was. Um, that was. Yeah, it was. What was that? That might have been one of the same guys. I don't remember. But no, that was. Uh, Went to die, but then he ended up on all fours oh, as opposed okay. to selling out, which is what I just kind of said before. Like, how yeah. do you know that you can't get to the? Even if in your in your heart of hearts you know I, there's no way I'm getting to that ball, yeah. dive for it. It's practice, okay. you know. Just give it a shot because you you never know. You don't know what you can do until you try to do it. You know. Okay. Um, but yeah, he the whole we don't reward that. I don't I don't like you miss the ball. Okay, let me get another one. No, go to the back of the line. Okay. You know, I don't want to reward, it's the, you know, reward the behavior you want to see repeated. Okay. If you want another one, then you better earn it, you know. Okay. But, yeah. All right, let's roll the next one. I don't know. I'm, I get more nervous with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's good. Take it. Stay down. Yes, sir. Get your ball with your hands together. Hey, the thumb needs to be touching the glove right here. Okay, because if you got a gap, look. First thing you gotta do after you catch is throw. So be right here so that you can deflect and go. If you're here, it takes too long. Okay, so like, catch it. So, you, like, interactions with your players, is that just kind of like a normal thing you try to do? Like, go around to each station and kind of like give little tips and advice to on what they can kind of do better? Yeah, I mean that's that's just basic coaching right there. The kid had his hands too far apart. He was turning double play, and it's, yeah. there was a gap between his hands right there. You you want to deflect, you know? It's a it's a it's what we're seeing. It's a little bit more advanced skill, but you don't want to close your glove. You just want to deflect it to your throwing hand as opposed to catch and then go. But if your if your um, hands aren't close together, yeah, it makes it a lot more difficult to do that. Uh, what I'd like to do, what, what I like that clip about is like in practice, and you know, you know how it is in football. Football is yeah. a different game, but like there's a whole lot of hollering mm -hmm. and, and screaming and talk. And the coaches are talking loud, and sometimes that's interpreted as the coach is screaming at me. But a lot of times it's just logistics. Like there's a lot of geography between me and the person that I'm trying to convey information to. Okay. So I got to speak with a louder voice, you know. So what I we're we're so blessed in third year to have um a plethora of coaches enough yeah. coaches now to where um you know I'm, i don't have to be the only one coaching obviously yeah. but like i can have guys hitting fungos and i can walk around the infield or the outfield and say things in this tone yeah which a nobody else hears it except me and me and the kid yeah and, and B, it takes the takes the pressure out of the whole screaming and everything. We can just have a normal conversation. And like I said, I don't have to be the one doing it. I can be hitting a fungo, and my other coaches can be doing that. You know, okay. just just say, hey, you see this? We need you to do this. And it might be that only that kid is the one that needs that particular coaching. Okay. It might be that you know that kid is advanced, and we want to say, hey, 
try doing this. Just try it because this okay. this is the next level. This is the next level in your evolution as a ball player. You know, which when everybody else doesn't need that particular coaching. Okay. All right. Before this next clip, nothing to do with baseball. Uh-huh. I just came across this clip with absolutely zero context of sight, and I. It just rolled past me, and I started bursting out laughing in the middle of class, and I could not contain myself. So, <laughs> let's could, go ahead. Let's go ahead and play. I don't know that I could be more nervous right now. <laughs> yeah, it smells like doo doo. It's probably doo doo. Probably doo doo. <laughs> what was that? Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> paint me a picture real quick <laughs> when that got across your mind. First of all, baseball and, and high school baseball and being a high school coach and high school teacher, it's a it's a grind. It's a long season. It's a grind. <laughs> so you got to keep it light and loose, or else you'll go crazy. But. Um, that was in our locker room, off the dugout. You know, we don't do we don't do the same thing for two and a half hours or two hours or whatever. So we well, there there's points when we have to transition. There's points where we have to go in the locker room in the middle of practice. So the first person you heard was Will Robinson telling that it smelled like a fart in there. We were in the <laughs> locker room. We were get because in the locker room is also in the front part is where we store equipment. So yeah. you know you got fungos and balls and tees and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So if we're transitioning from defense to offense, they might need to get tees out. I was in there adding a layer or taking off a layer or something like that. And uh I had noticed before that it did actually did not have a nice fragrance and, and, and had a particular fragrance in the locker room. I didn't really say anything to anybody, but every time after that, when I came to the locker room, the first thing that came to my mind was that it, it didn't smell very good. And then Will came in there, and I'm I'm in the midst of doing something, and Will came in there and said, smelled like a fart. And, uh, and then I... You know, you heard it. <laughs> that was uh, that was my opinion. The last part where I yelled it, that was uh, I'll give credit to Dave Chappelle skit. You, know, you can you can you can YouTube that one. <laughs> you can YouTube that one. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, nothing nothing but the finest at Clark Central Base. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, some of our mic'd up clips. Uh, that we had there, that, that, that I think that went pretty well for our first mic'd up section here on Car on Fire. Survive. Yeah, <laughs> I could. That was that was pretty good. I didn't know what was coming, and because I still don't know, I don't know everything I said. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, y'all have both had me in class, but believe it or not, I don't think about everything before I say. <laughs> <laughs> the shocking revelation here on Car on Fire today. Yeah. All right, so switching gears, like here. My dad was kind of a huge influence on me, and he kind of helps me with sporting decisions, schools decisions, kind of like when I have something that's on my mind and I need like help figuring out what to do, I always go to my dad first. And he's kind of like that person in my life that I kind of look up to and want to be and want to, kind of want to be better than and things like that. So how has your dad influenced you on like your sporting career? Yeah, my dad was my dad was always there. He's always coaching all the little league teams and everything. So he was a big influence. He, you know, obviously taught me which end of the bat to hold and everything, which was a productive start. Uh, and 
you know, so it, it, they were they were there. They were both yeah. my parents, mom and my dad, were really influ- influential in you know me pursuing baseball and really me being the best the best I could be. Yeah. And then also making sure that the it wasn't just about the game and success and success or failure on the field. They he made sure my dad especially made sure that life lessons were taught within I can think of one time in particular um, I was probably seven years old mm-hmm. and it was a game and I got called out on strikes and I apparently slammed the bat down I remember slamming the bat down on the plate and my dad uh, like pulled me out of the game and just just gave me the business right there in front of everybody wow. and made me go after the game, made me go to the umpire and apologize to him okay. for showing him up. Wow! And I'll never forget that. Um, despite some of my interactions with umpires today, I'll never forget that. But the, yeah. because that was my dad, that was my dad using the game to to teach me that you know there's some things you don't do. You know, you 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 may be yeah. upset, but you need to need to be able to maintain your composure. And I wish I would do a better job of remembering that today, because last year I had a little run in but that's alright you want to talk about that run in with the umpire kind of like your your business with that yeah I mean I, I will because that, that guy uh, that umpire and I have since I have, have reconciled or whatever but yeah. I, I got nothing against him he made the wrong call but um, <laughs> I, I got I got nothing against him we, it was, a, it was <laughs> in, in classic fashion it was the first game of the year <laughs> A game, a game. Well, I mean, you try to win every game, but when it comes to region standings or making the state playoffs, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a tight ball game, and we were pumped up. We were ready to play, and uh, it was. Uh, I say kids. I guess I can say any kid's name on air, right? Yeah, you, you, know, you can be fine. He's graduated. Stephen Cofer was playing second. Yeah. And we were at Oglethorpe, and uh, it was a tight ball game. I think we might have been up by one or two at the time. They had a guy on second, two out and the ball was hit deep in, in between the first baseman and second baseman. And Kofer moved well to his left. He went to kind of slide, dive for the ball, glove side, and the ball yeah. hit a rock or something and took off and went the other direction towards his arm side. And he stabbed it, barehanded the ball. Wow. Through through the guy out. And, uh, you know, the guy was out. And the umpire said safe, and he was off the bag. And I came running because I thought he was safe, and, which he was safe. I mean, well, I, excuse me, I thought he was out. He was out, you know, as far as the ball beating him there. Yeah. But I wanted help, and which means that I wanted the field umpire to ask the home plate umpire if his foot was off the back, if the kid's foot was off the back. Yeah. And the umpire. And, and you know, I, now looking back, I, I came running, which yeah. was not a good thing. <laughs> um, it didn't. It didn't make my argument in the best light. And then he asked me, he, I asked him, you know, could you ask for help? Because the field umpire, the home plate umpire is supposed to step out and look down the line and get that yeah. and get that thing. Although there was a guy on second, so it, it could be a different mechanic. But he said, no, coach, I got it. And uh, he wouldn't ask for help. So I turned around, turned, you know, I turned around, I looked at the ground, and I said, well, that's... Um, uh, you can believe yourself. It's not beat. Usually, 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 
abbreviated BS, but more more from from a horse. That's what I, what I said. And to my credit, I turned away from the crowd and set it to the ground, and he threw me out. <laughs> and uh, when I once I found out I was thrown out, I didn't know I was thrown out, and then then I kind of raged. I lost my composure. It was not a it was not my not my best moment, you know, not my most respectable moment. Um, but then. So got thrown out of the game, and there's a there's a suspension and fine that goes along with that and everything. Okay. But later on, I think maybe at that ACAD game, we had yeah. that same guy. I won't say his name, but um, he and I we, we talked. He and I are first name basis and everything, yeah. so we're, we're, we know each other well. And and um, I said I said I came up to him. I said, "Come on, man, you gotta kind of had a quick trigger. You gotta admit you had a quick trigger." That, that game and he goes all right i'll admit i had a quick i had a quick trigger he goes but in, in my defense because one of my arguments after i came back to him and 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 chewed pretty hard and he he chewed too to give him credit but uh you know i, I said you know i didn't say it to you i turned away from the crowd and i said it to the ground he goes in my def-, you know he said and he said I'll, I'll give you that yeah i did have a quick trigger but in my defense you can't just say anything you want to yeah. because you're looking at the ground and i said you know fair enough um, so that was, uh, I, my mom, I told my mom about it, called my mom, told her about it. And she said, did, son, did you forget your home training? And, uh, and my dad, my dad's, my dad was, I always remember my dad being super fiery. Yeah. I called him after getting thrown out and I said, well, dad, I, I did something, you know, me and you got something in common now. So he said, what's that? I said, he I said I got thrown out of a game, he goes, and he paused. There was a long pause on the phone. And he goes, he goes, you know, I don't think I ever got thrown out. Of <laughs> so, that, that made me feel even smaller because I, I don't, I don't have much of a temper. I don't, I don't think my players might disagree. But I don't think I have much of a temper. My dad, my dad has more of a temper than I do, but I stay more even killed. I was so I felt about two inches tall at that point. But, so it, that was not my finest moment, but it, it happens. I don't know. I just imagine, like, Coach Osborne running around the field, just little Coach Osborne running around the field, just like, throw yeah. <laughs> me out of the game. It's like, God, like, hey. leaping out. No, it, it's, yeah, it's, <coughs> it's not something to be celebrated, that's for sure. It's not, you know, because I'm yeah. supposed to be an example. And now, I guess I was an example in that light. It was just an example of what not to do. Okay. All right, just kind of switching switching gears off of that for kind of a more serious note. Uh, when I was kind of younger, my kind of goal was playing college basketball in North Carolina and being a dominant player and things like that. And like I thought basketball was going to be kind of my life. Mm-hmm. I thought that was what I'm going to play. I'm going to ride that out. And like once I kind of got to high school, kind of sophomore year, kind of got to thinking, I was like, maybe I'll go play football. Maybe I'll played some golf like do some different things besides basketball all the time and since then my goals and dreams have definitely changed like throughout in like my schooling life what I want to do for my career eventually and like even in my sporting life as well uh over the course of your lives how has your goals and things changed like that how have your dreams changed I think probably in preschool or kindergarten I probably want to be a a baseball player and an astronaut, I guess, in the off season. Um, so, uh, kind of funny about basketball. I still play basketball to this day, but my 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 hoop dreams died in seventh grade. 
I didn't make it to the Wednesday cut. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Genetics, I mean, I'm 5'8". Five, I'm five At least that's what my license says. But you, you kind of, I mean, you, my parents, you can be kept instilling, like, whole idea of you can be whatever you want to be you know which Mm -hmm. if i have kids one day we'll definitely gonna instill in my kids yeah which i would instill in everybody else you know you can do whatever whatever it is you want to do but then at some point you start realizing as an individual i you know i appreciate the sentiment but that's just not true you know um so i I don't know maybe maybe once i realized that i was that growth spurt was never going to (laughs) come that that's when the uh mlb dreams died um, astronaut dreams. I mean, I'm, I'll probably be an astronaut one day. Let's be real. <laughs> like being high, high school teacher, high school math teacher, astronaut. There's not not much of a transition. So, what about your hoop dreams? When did your hoop dreams die? Uh, well, kind of like last year, JV. There was like an incident that happened. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it on air, but it's just like, I don't know. It was just. I started playing football, and it was just kind of like, I really like this a lot better. And and I loved it so much where it's like, I want to focus on this, and I want to focus on golf, because golf was also a great experience. And I felt like with basketball, I was kind of angry all the time. (laughs) I was like running around like just this big, tall, lanky white kid that was pissed off all the time. Yeah. So so I was like, this is not fun. I've seen our basketball guys kind of in a after practice like shoot around slash impromptu dunk contest we got some athletes playing basketball yeah it's always one kid i don't know who, i don't know who it was but he was eyeball with the rim and kept kept on rising yeah. and i just i thought back to my days when i could dunk and <laughs> <laughs> all right uh that's kind of all I have for you today. Um, I would just want to thank you so much for coming in. I feel like this has been kind of like a good experience, and I really appreciate you for coming in today. No problem. Uh, we start February fourteenth, Valentine's Day. We uh, first home or first game. It'll be at home. Can't remember who we play. But <laughs> that would probably been a better good thing. We're gonna have. Uh, we got Twitter. We're gonna baseball team's gonna be on Twitter. Okay. Instagram. I don't know what else, but uh, Coach Holtz, Chris Holtz, has uh, yeah. got some people running our social media account, so right. everybody be on the lookout for that. Yeah, stuff. make sure all our listeners go check out those Instagram pages and the, those social media pages. Uh, this podcast has been produced by Alex Robinson hey. and myself for the Odyssey Media Group, which is run by our advisor, David Ragsdale. Hey. See you all next time for episode three of Car on Par.